0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big night of European action. Rangers were held at home to Aris Limassol in a game which saw Todd Cantwell substituted before half-time. They have today appointed a new director of football. Brendan Rodgers says Celtic are working hard to add quality players after their European exit and the weather is already starting to impact tomorrow's fixture card but fear not, there will be a Euro 2024 draw to heat everyone up. I'm Gordon Duncan. And joining me tonight you have Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans Well, recruitment Rangers have their man in place You'll start work on January 2nd But by then, an awful lot will have happened That there is the European question for Rangers to solve They have a cup final against Aberdeen And of course they have Celtic on December the 30th Last night showed that recruitment is the thorniest issue at Rangers Some of the players brought in summertime are Inadequate, and that applies to Celtic as well. The summertime buying by Celtic and Rangers has been, for a very large part, poor. Yeah, a lot's been said this week about Celtic's exit, Jim. You know, we're a couple of nights on. It's almost like Rangers turn in the spotlight. The difference being, of course, they can still do it. It just feels like last night was obviously way below what many fans expected. I'm thinking back to last night's show, there was many predictions of victories and comfortable victories and setting up a nice, cosy end to the group. And, well, it was far from the case at Ibrox last night. That's exactly what it should have been, Gordon. If Rangers were played at their very best, they were more than good enough to take care of Limassol. But uh, they went in at the races, and particularly in the first half hour, um, they lost another sloppy goal, very similar to the goal they lost against Aberdeen uh, at the weekend, even with a different uh, partnership at the back. And, uh, you know, the the manager made a change. Obviously, McCausland came on. It was a big call from him and taking Todd, uh, Todd Cantwell off, who was obviously very unhappy about it and showed his displeasure. Um, and I think a lot of the Rangers fans thought there was maybe another one or two players that might have been sacrificed before him. So, yeah, he's made a big call. Uh, certainly, McCausland scored and helped. But Rangers, I think, will be bitterly disappointed. They didn't wrap up, um, you know, all three points last night, which would have given him... Um, that breathing space uh, and allowed them to relax in the last game. Now they've got a very, very difficult tie away Real Betis. And, and, you know, Celtic, as uh, Brendan Rodgers says, they really need to step up the level of players to go and compete in Europe because I think that's where the Celtic fans are getting more frustrated with. I heard them. I listened. DL said 2-0 mm-hmm. to Rangers. Mark Wilson said 3-0 to Rangers. I am not the only dud in this place when it comes to predictions I may be the most frequent yeah, dud, you're the best at it but to be fair if I'd been here I'd have tipped 2 or 3 nothing as well Rangers shot themselves in the foot it was all there in front of them and to have dropped 4 points to the third best team in Cyprus not even the best team in Cyprus the third best team in Cyprus it was a bad night at the office for Rangers. How bad though? That's where you come in. 01419511025. There is a lot to get through. Like we said, Brendan Rogers has spoken today, talking about trying to add quality in what has been a difficult week for Celtic. We've got a big weekend of club action. We've got that Euro draw, but it's fairly obvious. Ibrooks last night, the place to start. What do you think about Rangers fans? Sum up the performance. Um, it's not often that we would dedicate so many minutes as I'm sure we will talking about 
a substitution But clearly last night was one of them Was it the right decision to take off Todd Cantwell? Is there a Todd Cantwell, Philippe Clement issue brewing here? Was it wrong to prioritise him coming off At the expense of others who maybe not pulling up trees either? I think you'll have a few names to suggest in there as well uh, How frustrating is it to have to go to Seville As Jim says And try and make something happen Particularly a couple of nights before that League Cup final as well So sum up last night for us right now if you can 0141 951 1025 It's a big weekend coming up here as well yeah. We're straight back to it It's very um, breathless stuff Scottish football these days Well you know we're, we're having a, a glut of games In the month of December Saturdays midweek uh, it's a race towards the, the new year now and uh, Celtic and Rangers have to be careful and there's a new director of football as well of course how could I forget you can get your thoughts in uh, on that one as well Nils Coppen is the new director of football recruitment, recruitment actually there's a new word being added there so it's a bit of a restructure in that department at Ibrox but get your thoughts over to us Thomas is in Barhead Thomas how would you sum up last night well, some, one of the things I would say is a criticism levelled at this group of Rangers players for some time now has been serial bottlers, and I've always argued their case. However, events of the last four days have made me really have to change my mind. Um, on Saturday, Motherwell gave us a guilt-edged opportunity to close three points against a team who at that time were second bottom of the Premier League. Um you know, that you, you can't get more up for a game than that to, 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 to close within three points of Celtic. They bottled it. The first half, they were like rabbits caught in the headlights. They totally bottled it, it seemed. Then last night, um, Sparta gave us another great chance to go top of the... Not only qualify for the last 32, but to actually qualify for the last 16 by going top of the group. Uh, and against, at home, against the team ranked worst, or lowest, sorry, that's patronising, ranked lowest in the the group of uh, teams that are in the, the Europa League. They failed to do it. And again, as Hugh alluded to at the start there, two identical goals. And I'm fed up with Rangers saying, we're going to learn from this. Well, they clearly didn't learn from Saturday because it was an identical goal, albeit against two different centre-halves, uh, that they lost uh, last night. And it does appear that they are serial bottlers now. We've got a League Cup final coming up, and any Cup final is important. But if Rangers lose this Cup final, on top of the results in the weekend and last night, then Serial Bottlers doesn't begin to cover it. And if you're looking at a rebuild, boys, there's, there's not enough money in Rangers' coffers to cover the rebuild that's required in that, that group of players. Just had a rebuild in the summer as well, yeah. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've spent a fortune in the summer, but you have an ageing defence. You know, your two fullbacks are the wrong side of 30. Your centre-half, one of your centre-halves that couldn't play last night, he's 36. Um, Suter, that's young, but there's not a dominant, strong centre-half. Dare I say it, someone like Cameron Carter-Vickers, I know they don't come cheap, but Rangers have always had a strong, dominant centre-half, ball-winning centre-half. They're powder puff centre-halves before them. I mean, I know Goldson has been there some time, but he's always got a huge mistake in him, eh, as has Ben Davis. I mean, Ben Davis was actually shamed last night in trying to, trying to pursue that eh, Gambonese striker. I mean, he was... He, he dare say that cliche, my granny could have ran faster. He was caught wanting for pace, and there's no pace in that defence. Mm. 
Right, you've covered a lot of good ground, Thomas. It's interesting stuff. This, um, yeah. I mean, Thomas is a Rangers fan, and he says he, you know, supports them a lot. But he's starting to see the accusations that this team bottles, whether that's the right word or not, um, big games, games there's, that they should should win. There's been a dramatic mood swing since Petardry, and I think to be fair, they ought to have won at Petardry. They, you know, they've rattled the crossbar a couple of times, and that the you know, Lammers, poor old Lammers. At 1-1, he has the guilt-edge chance to win the game. Yeah, I think we might get to him between but now and Lammers, the end of the show. Lammers is one of four, at least, that I think is in the wrong movie. He's in the wrong country, he just doesn't fit, and he's not good enough to play for Rangers. And Sifuentes uh, joins him there. Uh, Dessers couldn't even be brought on, I think, for fear of the crowd seeing him. And Danilo, uh, you know, last night, showed that he's simply not sharp enough to be what Rangers require in that striking role. So, you know, none of them are brought to the club by Philippe Clement. They are not good enough to play for Rangers. And as Thomas on the line says, the danger is that in the month of December when Philippe Clement has so many things to do at European Cup and league mm -hmm. level... Uh, these guys are dragging the team yeah. down It's not definite yet Jim Because this Rangers team might well go to Seville Might well win the game Might storm through So we don't need to be too final about all this But is Thomas right in the sense that This group of players Now it's not necessarily all Philippe, Philippe Clement Easy for me to say He's not been here for some mm -hmm. of these big games But this group of players could do with some winning big, Winning some big games in the eyes of these Rangers fans yeah, I mean, I, I don't like this, uh, the, the the phrase serial bottlers. I think that's, uh, you know, listen, Thomas can use the phrase he's entitled to. It's not something I, I like. I think that you come back in the, the last minute, you get an equaliser, you drive up Petaudry. Petaudry's a notoriously difficult place um, to go and get results. So I think that, um, you know, it shows that the that there is a determination, a desire to get something from the game. But I do believe that playing for Rangers is a lot, lot different than some of the players that have had previous experience. In their other clubs, the demands of Rangers are exceedingly, extremely high. The expectations of the fans are high, um, not just to, to win football matches, but win it comfortably or win it in a certain style, compete with Celtic at the top. And also, yeah, listen, they should be beating Limassol last night. There's no question about that. Um, so there are demands and expectations, but he still has the cup final um, in a couple of weeks um, to to try uh, and get his first piece of silverware. It doesn't guarantee yet. We've seen that with uh, uh, Van Brockhurst, but I think it gives you a mm. wee bit of breathing space. So for Thomas me, says though, if it goes the other way, yeah, if yeah, it goes, but like, he's got to get to that time, first it? of all. And also, any manager that comes in, you need some sort of period of time. There, there is no manager in the world that just mm. walks in, snaps his fingers and everything falls perfectly into place. You know, there are so many variations that can happen. We've seen what happened with Posta Coglu. He went down there and won the first three manager of the month awards. First three, it was unheard of. And then, bang, wiped with injuries and lost the next three games. So, it can ha there's, a, there's an awful lot of things can happen. So, I think, Clement needs a bit of time. He needs to look at the January window. He needs to. He needs some help from the board um, to 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 try and back up his philosophy. And then we've got a better idea of how good Philip Clement really is. Uh, thank you to Thomas, who was on the line. I should have mentioned at the start. Everyone who calls in and makes it on air tonight uh, goes into the draw 
to win one of two pairs of tickets to see Scotland women against England at Hamden on Tuesday the 5th. So next Tuesday, give us a call. You want to talk football anyway, you might win tickets to the big game at Hamden. So it's a win-win situation uh, from Thomas and Barhead to Tam and Barhead, uh-huh. um, which mixing it up ever so slightly. What did you make of this substitution of Todd Cantwell last night, Tam? I think he made, made the, wrong, the wrong choice, to be honest. I think he should have took Lammers off and put Cantwell on in the number 10 um, area um, and put uh, brought on Matondo. I think that was a really poor choice he made last night, to be honest. Mm. Look, in fact, let's hear Philippe Clement's explanation first. Let's not, don't take it from us. Let's hear Philippe Clement, what he had to say on it. I had to make a change early, what I don't like to do. But we were missing width on the right side and we were missing depth also with, because we didn't have running players behind the defence there or being high enough in position. I gave that message a few times to Todd, but he was coming into the ball all the time. So that's why I made the change and to put Rosin, who's more that profile. So... Who's to blame here, Tam? Todd Cantwell, does he need to, even although he's not he's not a winger, he's not a wide player, does he need to follow instruction better? Does he need to play better, irrespective of where he's played? Or does Philippe Clement have a bit of a blind spot for Sam Lammers? You know, who's to blame? Well, if you see last night, um, Todd Cantwell caused the goal last night. So I don't know if maybe that is the reason why he brought him off. Todd Cantwell... It was a few times last night he tried to take on three, four players at, at a time. And then it, in the end, he, he considered a goal from it. So last night, I think he caused that. But I think if he put him in the number 10 position, I think he would have played a bit better than that. Because we see from numerous games that he can't play out wide. Mm. Well, yeah. you know, I think if a manager has a player on the park who is not following instructions yeah. and is repeatedly told don't do that, do the other thing, uh, then Clement strikes me as a man with a short fuse and the the loss of the goal was the final straw. On the basis that he takes him off, brings on McCausland, McCausland scores. Yeah. Looks good. Well, uh, no, no, th- because th- clearly a lot of Rangers fans are saying, but you've made this, you've made this big, you've, that's a big statement. You you bring off someone, off, Jim will know, you bring off someone in that time, someone who previously fans thought was going to be the main man in the team or one of them, you've made a big statement. You've acknowledged he isn't a wide player, but you've played him there and you've kept a guy on in his preferred position who's completely ineffective in Sam Lammer. So it's a bit more complicated than that, is it not? Well, maybe you know he is trying and hoping that Lammers will come to life. Unfortunately, he went from bad to worse instead. I mean, I agree with Tom. I think that... Um... Todd Cantwell's a central midfield player, either advanced as 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 he said, in the in the ten position, or you know a, a central area. He's certainly not a wide area. And, and Philip Clement stated that you know he said that he, he needed more running power, more width. So I, I I don't think that's Todd Cantwell's fault. I really don't. I think, and also don't blame him for the goal. Any flair player must try something. He tried a little kind of Zidane turn about twenty five yards from goal, thirty yards from goal. If you don't try something inventive, they, they're never going to come off anyway. So he loses the ball there. That can happen at any level. The midfield player and then the, the, the defence has to be able to deal with that a lot, lot better. If you don't take any risks at the top end of the pitch and the attacking thirds, you'll never score a goal. So 
I'm a, I'm a Cantwell fan in terms of his ability. Yeah, he can be wound up a little times, and sometimes he, he can, he can uh, get a little bit caught in the game. But I think he has to play in a position where he can be effective, and I don't think he's effective as a wide right player. Um, so if he's, for, for me, Philip Clemence have either started with McCausland or Matondo. If that's what he thinks is necessary, and then it's his choice whether he thinks Lammers is a better option than Cantwell. That's entirely his choice. My preferred choice would mm. be Cantwell in that central area, similar to what Tam was saying. Tam, the the sort of I, I don't know if it's embarrassment or whatever, but like I said, it's a big statement when a player gets hooked. If you like that early, it's a big statement. You could see Todd Cantwell wasn't happy. You think he he bounced back right fine from this, or is this? Does this sort of worry you about his... Oh, he's away. Tam's away. There's a rubbish Well, he has to anyway. bounce back. You know, mm. I, I, I think that Clement will now realise that he's wasting his time playing him in the in the wide role, uh, but he must also acknowledge that Cantwell has a talent. Uh, so he, he has to get over it. You know, it's not about his ego. Mm. It's about the, what happened last night and the position in which it leaves Rangers as they... Look forward to Real Betis. It's, it's an easy, an easy question for for the manager to ask Todd, Todd Cantwell. Just say to him, quite straightforward. Are you happy to play in that position? And if he says no, listen, Gaffer, I, I'm not a wide right player. See, see if you want to play someday, they play Matondo or Sima or or McCausland. I'm, I'll compete for the central midfield berth, and I think I'm good enough and are better than the guys that are currently there. Then that's fine. And, and as a player, you know, you, you 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 trust your own ability and your own talent to be the best and at a club like Rangers you should have a lot of talent and you should have a mm. lot of competition and I think at this moment in time Todd Cantwell should be playing in that central role What do you think then Rangers fans what's your take on that was it the right decision the wrong decision to take off Todd Cantwell uh, what about Sam Lammer's part in all this how's Philippe Clement handled it all of the questions you can provide the answers right now please we'll get you on next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Listen and watch Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Patron Saints of Patter. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard on St Andrew's Day. Time, time traveling. <laughs> it was yesterday. St Andrew's Day, and that's uh, Gordon Dale's anniversary. Yes, uh, he was telling not, us not, last not, night. Yeah, exactly. Well, he told me the uh, last time. Listen, some people like to celebrate for more than one day. I think <laughs> we'll put it down to that, not a technical hitch. Stevens and Hamilton, how are you, Stephen? Are you well? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you guys? Not bad. Not bad at all. Nice Just before the the travel, Stephen, it was a, a bit of a discussion there about you know the Todd Cantwell substitution. There's quite a lot goes into it. What what did you take away from it? Well, I was at the match last night, and uh, I 100% agree with Philip Clement. Um, watching the match, I could see him. It, it was unfortunate that Rangers were shooting opposite way in the first half. That Cantwell was on Clement's side, and he was constantly barking the instructions to Cantwell. And there was there was a point that Cantwell had looked at Clement, and he never took the instruction, and then. Jack Butland took the ball down, took a quick ball, and he actually had to shout to Cantwell, look at the ball coming to you. So then when Cantwell scored the goal, eh, sorry, when we lost the ball, mm -hmm. Cantwell lost the ball, I looked at Clement and he was absolutely feeling, shouting at the bench, and actually, I watched Clement that much, I actually missed the goal. <laughs> 
so manager I mean, watch. I, I manager watch, so I'm not quite sad that way. <laughs> but uh, I said to the the guy next to me, watch this, Cantwell will come off. And then sure enough, he took Cantwell off. So I, I 100% agree with uh, manager. And if, if, and if he was to, what people are saying, shuffle the pack around to fit Cantwell in, he would have took Lammers off and that would have totally killed that guy's career at Rangers if it's not already done. So Clermont was 100% correct in my opinion. So you don't think that risk is, I mean, as severe then with Todd Cantwell, you don't think this is a sort of big blow to Todd Cantwell and a blow to, you know, his immediate future or relations with the manager? Well, I think it might be a bit hostile between the two of them, but I think Cantwell's got the ability over what like Lammers has got to, to turn Clermont around. Uh, obviously, there's an excuse there for Cantwell that he was playing in the wrong position, but it's like anything. If, if you're told to play it right back for Rangers or Celtic, you do it. Yeah. It's, do you know what? To be fair, Stephen explains that fine and backs his theory up. It just feels like if that's the case, then Stephen's almost admitting you're keeping a worse player on in Sam Lammers because you don't want to destroy, da- you don't yeah, want to destroy, yeah, destroy him. him but yeah. you th- oh, I'll take I'm, Todd Cantwell off then. I'm not sure that it would have destroyed him. I think he's already in trouble. Well, like, he got cheered off pretty yeah, much, or yeah, cheered happens, or whatever it was. When that happens to you, you're really in trouble. The, the crowd are declaring that they are delighted to see the back of you. Uh, I, I repeat. He's in the wrong country. This isn't for him. And he looked about the stands last night at Ibrooks after his fresh air swipes and all the rest of it. And he's intimidated by his surroundings. And you'll never survive at Rangers or Celtic if you're intimidated by the jersey. With regard to Todd Cantwell, I understand from younger people they call him TikTok Todd. Uh, and he's a great man for think, social... Th- things you never thought you even yeah, would say. I, I understand he's called TikTok Todd. Uh, he loves the social media world. He, he, he takes the bait on social media. Um, I'm trying to pick my words carefully, but he's an egomaniac, or that's what he looks like to me. That doesn't sound very careful. Sounds a bit un- unfair and personal, In actually. In my personal opinion, uh, the, the show's not about him, and he wasn't responding to the manager's instructions... And Clement, you've got a clash of personalities then because Clement is almost robotic in his style. I told you to do that, you didn't do it, come off. Nothing worse than being on the manager's side, Jim. Yeah, but I think he's throwing a a wee bit of a precedent down there. If he does that with Todd Cantwell, is he going to do that with other players further down the line? You know, in other words, is is he putting down a marker to all the players there? and making Todd Cantwell an example if you don't do as exactly the way I want it done you won't be in the team you'll be you know hooked off and and I think that was harsh on Cantwell last night as Stephen said he, he did make some some mistakes maybe you know running back the pitch and you know because I, th- I think it was one time we looked in, in Tavernier was kind of pointing to the runner he was going with someone else and Cantwell was tracing him back again You've got to get to know your players. You've got to know which players you can trust in certain situations. And for me, Cantwell's a, a middle-to-attack player. He's not a defensive-minded player. He's not a player that, you know, that thrives on that type of situation. He's a, he's a player that gets on the ball. He's creative. And I think you have to use him in his best light. 
and I've got a bit of sympathy for, for, for Cantwell on, on this particular situation mm. because I think he was in a situation or a position, sorry. Where, position. Yeah, where he felt pretty uncomfortable on the night and I think it's down to the manager to put him into his favourite position if he believes he's the best option in there. As far as Lammers are concerned, yeah, I do agree that uh, with you in some aspects that it is difficult for him at this moment in time. But some players do take a bit of time to, to, to settle into a club like Rangers. They do have to get used to the surroundings, the size of the club, the, the atmosphere, 50,000 fans um, uh, with their demands. Some some players, it takes a season. Yeah, and then they grow, they, 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 they learn from it and they, 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 they improve. So I wouldn't write anyone off yet. But Lammers is having a difficult time at the moment. Stephen, do you think that this all—it's all quite hysterical? And you know, Rangers drew last night. They can still top the group. Philippe Clement hasn't tasted defeat yet. Where is this? Where is it all coming from? Is it the—is it the fact that this comes back to back with Aberdeen? So all of a sudden, just when you thought things were going swimmingly, that's two real disappointments. You know, had the Rangers fans got a bit excited? Were hopes high that this guy had come in and made an instant impact? And now you're waking up to the realization that it's it's not that straightforward. What, what what's what's yeah. the overall package looking like? Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, the honeymoon period is over, but for me, I believe that the come on is the right man for the job. Um, he's at in his press conference. I felt as if he was kind of a put his hand up and saying, "I think that he's maybe put Cantwell in there at right wing. He maybe shouldn't have." He's, looking in hindsight that he shouldn't have done it uh, so for me he's shown that he's willing to give Todd Cantwell another chance um, but the honeymoon period is over and I think Oh, that sounded like the, the, the big the headline was about yeah. to arrive from Stephen and we've A very short honeymoon that's um, what I'm saying Yeah yeah <laughs> I think it, yeah. first of all with regard to the rest of the European competition we're in danger of making Real Betis sound like Real Madrid. Uh, they've already lost to Rangers. They lost to Sparta Prague last night. They are far from infallible, even at home. And I don't believe mm. that at this stage you can totally write off Rangers. But if they have a night similar to the one they had last night, then they won't get very far. But uh, that's in the future. Rangers have to concentrate on St Mirren first of all on Sunday because if they play as they did last night against St Mirren they might get caught again. To be fair, before last night it was a it was I think it was a thirteen game unbeaten run since that since the Rangers defeat. I think probably the point Jim listening to Stephen it's more that yes Rangers could go and and win there of course they could it shouldn't have come down to this that's yeah. the feeling because even even. You know, when things weren't great and there was a change of manager and confidence was low, lost out, you know, out in Cyprus. Yeah. Could, could you even have scraped a draw that night? Mm -hmm. You really should be beating the teams at home and that we shouldn't be having this discussion about what Rangers need to go and do, really. Yeah, Rangers are a better team uh, than Limassol if they all play at the, their best. But last night, there was, there was very few played at the top level, very few. There was maybe only two or three players could really hold their hands up and say, I, I played in my maximum level. The rest were not bad, okay, or poor, you know? And I think that, um, you say, they could they could go to Spain and, and, and win if, if, if everything clicks. But I think that's the biggest frustration, that the, the job should have been done. They should have been going there. 
with the flip-flops on, you know what I mean, let's be honest, and that's not going to be the case now. Also, it's only a few days, I think, before the cup final, so therefore, it's not as if they can go there and, and, and try and tiptoe their way through it, they're going to have to give it everything and then recover um, and get back for a huge game mm. a few days later, so that that condensed period is going to be enormous, uh, that, that, that particular week is going to be huge, for Philip Clement and Rangers um, in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, what a half a week that's going to be. Uh, what about Andrew in Dumfries? What's your take on it, Andrew? Um, my take on it is uh, Campbell can have all the ability in the world, but I think a big part of that is the, the trust in them to show some integrity on the pitch. Lammers, for all his flaws, he gets tackled by his right foot more often than not. He's strong and he'll hold the ball up and he'll try to bring other people into play. With Todd Cantwell, you give him the ball and then put his back to goal and as soon as someone tackles the air near him, he goes to the ground. So he's either not in play or the ball is stopped for a free kick or whatever. And that, I don't think that's what Clement's looking for for his number 10. He can be infuriating in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, He goes to the ground far too easily. Uh, there was the ludicrous dive at Pataudry. Uh, last Sunday uh, I think Clement He's the manager And Cantwell has to adjust to him Rather than the other way round mm. uh, And there, know, there is that third option here though Isn't there Because is Andrew to be fair Is the first caller Who has come on and said Anything remotely positive About Sam Lammers yeah. It's not just about Are you right to take Todd Cantwell off or not yeah. There's the what are you doing with that guy though And can Todd Cantwell not take his place And he's the one that plays less At, at the moment uh, going on the information that we've gathered The evidence that's been gathered on Sam Lammers He has struggled mm. And really continues to struggle uh, I don't know what transformative thing would have to happen to him But he, at the moment, looks like he'd be better mm. left out of the team but, but Andrew actually sees something Jimmy thinks yeah. there's more of a physicality there thinks he can oh, hold the ball up and, and bring people into play there is a physicality there are two different types of players Cantwell likes to run with the ball likes to take people on he's um, you know he gets at opponents he's got a little bit more legs about him uh, he does go to ground too easy there's no doubt about that I think the f- physical side is something that he's got to uh, be stronger in the game has changed where they do protect players but not to the extent where if you just get brushed you fall over so he's got to stand up to that a little bit more I think the manager has to maybe have a word with him or maybe even his teammates um, you know the captain or whoever can, can have a little word with him and say to him you don't need to go over every time somebody bumps into you Lammers is maybe a bit stronger physically can take a little bit more of the, the bumping and, and bruising but it's ultimately how effective is he in terms of creating chances for him for his teammates or scoring goals, being a threat. If you play in that number 10 position, you have to be some sort of a threat or a creative, a creative spark. And I don't see that in Sam Lammers at the moment, whereas I do mm. see it in Cantwell. Yeah, so you, do you think, Andrew, some of the criticism of Sam Lammers has been over the top? I think a lot of it's been fairly warranted. Um, I watched a lot of the pre-season, and it's, it's pre-season. The boy actually looked quite capable. He, like, he has a tidy touch, um, can keep the ball control as well. But as soon as he seems to try to do anything outside of two yards of his own radius, he seems to fumble. And he needs to get past that. 
Yeah, that, that doesn't sound ideal, I must admit. Uh, thank you to Andrew in Dumfries. Andrew, like every other caller who makes it on air tonight, goes into the hat for one of two pairs of tickets to see Scotland women take on England at Hamden on Tuesday night. So keep the calls coming uh, and you could be in the hat as well. Let me tell you about this. Cash for Kids. Mission Christmas. With J&D Pierce, Scotland's premier structural steel specialist. Proud to support the local community. Now I know lots of you listen religiously So you'll listen every night And you'll hear me say this every night But at this time of year It's the most important thing we say in any show There is a reason we keep hammering this message home Because Cash for Kids Mission Christmas is back And you really can't help but notice Just how difficult this Christmas is going to be For so many local families Right here on our doorstep Right here in our communities We're just trying to make a bit of a difference uh, this year to local children and a big thanks to so many of you who are involved already including the Brimnell Bar in Airdrie Angelina's in Hamilton they're both hosting Christmas jumper parties this Thursday uh, the 7th of December uh, Charlie Brister and the team at Into the Wild they're taking on an Everest challenge next Sunday the 10th they're going to climb and reclaim the Kilpatrick Hills until they reach the height of Mount Everest Chug. <laughs> You get your high-tech trainers on go and join them I've got them in the house 29,000 feet I'm no good less. to go they're donating all the money to Cash for Kids. It's oh, incredible. Man. What an effort that is. Now, if you're sort of in doubt and wonder, well, where does this money go? Let's hear from Grace Lamont. She's from the Julie Peace Club in Castlemilk. They're a group that works with schools offering play and activity sessions to children in poverty. And here she's been telling us a bit about a family that she's worked with. We had a, a family, we managed to get a fund that enabled us to buy winter jackets. The staff called them up to say, do you want to come to the Julie and collect it? And there was a pause and then she said, well, I can't actually come down because I've just washed the only jackets we have, they're wet. It's a reality check for us when we get stories, you know, when we see the, the parents totally distraught. I mean... To bang on about the weather You've all seen how cold it is We're talking about just making sure People are warm enough Your children Making sure that they're warm enough So if you can help out We would be really appreciative Every penny 100% of the funds raised Goes straight back out To those families That need your help So if you want to find out more Go to Clyde1.com Forward slash mission And that's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas With J&D Pierce Scotland's premier Structural steel specialist Changing landscapes Across the UK the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here. It's 0141 and Marcus in Tollcross is about to join us. How's it going, Marcus? Ah, not bad, not bad. How's yourselves? Not bad. I mean, a lot's been said about last night. It's definitely the most we've ever analysed a substitution before. I think, Marcus, um, what was your take on it? Well... Pretty much as soon as as soon as they'd done the substitution, I was like, it needs to happen because there's been far too many times this season where Cantwell's there's been a few instances where you're like, it's a bit of petulance, it's a bit of sloppiness, like he's expecting decisions to go his way instead of like a footballing decision. And then last night it was just look, a step too far, he's tried something too fancy and it's went against the team. And his reaction to it it was maybe he was trying to play up and show that he was disgusted by the decision, but I think Clement was absolutely right, absolutely spot on, and it shows you the fact is that the young boy came on, played his part, came on the second half, scored a goal, then when he went into the box, dribbled a challenge that Cantwell would probably have 
went down under. The boy stayed up, tried to get the shot off and go. Yeah, I mean, Hugh, it's been... Sorry, Marcus. Carry on, sorry. If that was Cantwell, I think he would have been down. Wouldn't even have took the chance to score. Well, he was like, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to take the chance. I'm going to try and score. I have to say, Marcus, I thought at the time, an older, more cynical player would have (laughs) taken the opportunity to hit the deck at that point. But... Uh, McCausland was on a roll mm. I was going to say look, We're 50 minutes in And it's been um, You know A lot of negativity Would that be the one The one major positive Obviously Ross McCausland Coming on well, Just signed his new deal without doubt. First goal Europe I think though that the, the whole issue Of the, the substitution What happened to Rangers Last night Goes far deeper than Can't well have been taken off um, You know Rangers had it at one all And had everything In front of them The crowd they are a better side or they ought to be a better side than Aris Limassol and everything was there for them and Cantwell has gone and in the second half Rangers simply could not do enough to win the game and that, as I say, runs far deeper than Cantwell being taken off 10 minutes before half time. Is it easy though, Jim, to fall into one trap you know and then it becomes all about Todd Cantwell whereas really Hugh did rhyme off some at the top to be mm-hmm. fair have we seen anywhere near what we expected from Jose Cifuentes are we starting now to realise that actually Danilo's probably got a bit to go I mean he came in and was better than Dessers initially for sure um, maybe he's tailed off a bit Sima had that great goal scoring patch that's now not yeah. there um, it's it can't all be about Todd Cantwell well, in this substitution. Football, football can initially goes on in results. If you if you get good wins, which happened under Philip the moment he came in and everything, and you know everyone looks much more positively. The, the thing about the substitution last night, if he'd have made a double substitution, if he'd have made put uh, Tom Lawrence on, for instance, and McCausland on at the same time, you probably wouldn't have had such a such an argument because it's one player. And it's it's highlighted and, and and other players have stayed on the pitch. But if he'd have said, "Listen, it wasn't working." I'm making a double substitution or a triple substitution. I'm going. I'm. I'm not happy with the way that things have worked. I think most people would have went. Yeah, that that was a bold move, a big move for the manager, but a strong move. As it as it now looks as if it's as Marcus was saying there. Perhaps in previous games, he's he's, he's putting down a marker to to Todd Cantwell to to maybe say to him, listen, you need to improve. You need to be much mm. better, much stronger physically, mentally, and do more. Um, to, to make sure that you stay in the team how Maybe that's see, the case How do you see Todd Cantwell's role in this team going forward Marcus? Um, because I'm pretty sure in pre-season We would have had calls from Rangers fans Who thought that Cantwell was going to be the main man They really liked what they saw since he came in uh, They thought that you know maybe this team could be built around them And this was going to be a big season w- What does the immediate future look like for him now? When, when Bill brought him in like he was the kind of player that we saw in Aribo where like Aribo he could dribble past players could take on three, four players we saw it in the Braga game they just turned it on Cantwell we thought he's capable of that if he gets a run of games and builds up his like his confidence but it just seems like it's even like Lammers as well he's got the capabilities but it's, they've got no confidence I don't Cantwell's know Cantwell's like trying to trying to do too much Say pro- probably the same as Lammers but Cantwell's like as if he's angry inside I don't think he lacks confidence I, mean, I used to enjoy watching Norwich City when Cantwell was in the team I see a different person now a different player 
you know yeah. yourself, you, but it's a different pressure playing for the old yeah. time. Without, yeah, without doubt, Norris. without doubt, Marcus, and that's why I see in the case of Sefuentes, uh, uh, Dessers, uh, Danilo, um, Sima, I think that they look around them and they've never witnessed anything like this before. And you need a strong constitution to be in the Rangers-Celtic rivalry. Uh, and the last night, in European terms, I thought they, they looked around mm. the stadium and thought, really? I, I don't know what it, to do about this. Yeah, but we don't, it's just on, on his future, Jim. We don't need to get too hung up because yeah. like, it's a squad game now. We yeah. know that. It's not like you only pick 11. But if we're talking about you know Rangers' strongest and, and kind of going forward... Have we now then decided, beyond all doubt, Todd Cantwell can't play on that right-hand side? Is that is that in everybody's mind after last night? Yeah, because yeah. if so... I truly believe he's not. He's not yeah. no. So if that's the case then... He needs a central goal yeah. to get the best out of him. Yeah. If that's the case then, there's Tom Lawrence is there. Yeah. And, and well, Sam Lammers is still playing. So are we at the stage where, despite what everybody thought in the summer about his sizeable role in the team, but we're, we're not going to see Tom Lawrence... You know, as a as a main figure in that Rangers team, then yeah, no, you can get Lawrence and Cantwell. Yeah, sorry, Todd Cantwell. Uh, sorry, can, but you can know, you though? Because where does Cantwell play if we've now well, decided they, they can you play can't. either side? You could have Lawrence. I mean, you've got Raskin to come in. You've got other. You've got Jack. That, that's just, that, that's just the squad. managers on last night though, bemoaning lack of width. Yeah, but he's got Matondo. <laughs> he's he's got Sima. He's got McCausland. He probably will bring in a winger. I would guess in in mm. the January window, someone that he wants to to bring in. Um, to give them those other options and that, but I think that you know there's a bigger picture there. I think in the last couple of weeks you've got to look at the players who were at Rangers, who have been at Rangers for the last two or three years as well, or longer some of them, uh, and see how they're performing and, and how much they're impacting the team as well. Not just the new guys; it's harder for the new guys to come in, you know, and settle into a club that Rangers. That does take a bit of an adjustment. So I, f- I feel that everything. It's kind of focus on them because you said there was a bit of a rebuild and everybody thought these are the guys that are going to take Rangers to the next level. But there has to be a mm. balance, Gordon. And I think it's a wee bit imbalanced at this moment in time where these guys are getting all the stick and some of the other guys who have been there are, 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 are kind of just sitting getting under here. It. Listen, you just go on, mate, kind of thing. Speaking of which, though, Marcus, um, and we don't have long, but Rangers have announced this new director of football recruitment, Nils Coppin. He's 38 don't know how old that makes Hugh Keevans feel. He's been head of scouting at PSV Eindhoven, takes up a new role at Ibrox in January. Um, I, I don't know if you know anything about him, Marcus, but prior to now, what do you make of the appointment based on, on what you have heard? Um, I've, I've, to be honest, I've not heard anything about him, but it's about time we've got somebody in place because, to be honest, you want stability in the club from the bottom to the top, the top to the bottom. And... If you've not got somebody in place that's dealing with these situations that the manager can't be dealing with every single day, then you're going to be causing problems mm. for the manager. Sounds like he's got a big job in his hands. If he's, imagine as um, you know, day one in the job, stick Super Scoreboard on at six just to see what they think of the current players. Um, well, he's got a big job he started in his hand, the sounds of it. He's starting work three days after Celtic play Rangers at Celtic Park. He'd, he'd better hope that he starts with a, a positive result out of that game, because there'll be a clamour for several people to be. Mm-hmm. Sent on their way And other players brought in Yeah so remember There was sporting director Ross Wilson He left So it's just the titles Are being moved around a bit So Nils Coppins Director of football Recruitment They've also added Tom Taylor, Taylor. 
as the club's new head of performance. So certainly just kind of small restructure um, there as well. So if you've got any thoughts, you can get them in uh, on the usual number. We'll thank Marcus. He goes in the hat for one of two pairs of tickets to Scotland Women v England Women at Hamden on Tuesday. And just can't stop giving stuff away. Let's see what's on offer with the same ball tonight. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Last chance this week. Let's see if we can rescue something. It's been a tough week for the listeners. Let's try and get a victory on the board and beat the pundit. It's 01419511025 and the lines close at seven. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here It's 0141-951-1025 It is Twitter at Clyde SSB If you want to get your thoughts in In the first hour of the show It was pretty much wall-to-wall frustration from Rangers fans At the result last night But most of the attention on this Todd Cantwell substitution Definitely the most talked about substitution of the season. If you have any thoughts there, do get them into us. If you want to switch focus, Celtic fans, this might be a nice time because Brendan Rodgers has spoken today. Uh, He says the club are working hard to add quality players. He says the January window can be tough. Uh, Says he thought he was going to be able to to get about four quality players in the summer. What do you think's happened there? Get your thoughts in. We'll hear from him and you. And don't forget, every caller who makes it on air goes into the hat for one of two pairs of tickets to Scotland against England women at Hamden on Tuesday. In the meantime, let's play. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk/football. Right, beat the pundit time. It's 4-0 to the pundits this week. I don't like that. And do you know the start of the season was really close between pundits and listeners, but the pundits are starting to stretch off into the distance you wouldn't be able to tell by the number of sign balls that you two had to sign yeah. um, coming in here but anyway David is down in London how's it going David? not too bad thank you how are you? not bad What is this like a sound of home for you down there? Uh, well I listen most nights um, when I can and if I, if I can't listen to it live I listen to the podcast you're a good man, David. Uh, let's to get, play to get me off to sleep. <laughs> ah, exactly. Well, listen, it can it can have many different effects on you depending on your mood. I must say. Um, we'll play first. We'll get a good chat with you as well when we're done. So heads, it is Hugh Evans. Tails, it is Jim Duffy, and it is heads. It's Hugh against David. So what we do here is give Hugh some greatest hits radio to listen to, and we'll turn it up nice and loud. Not too too loud for Hugh, of course. Um, but thirty seconds, David. Just answer as many as you can and pass if you do not know the answer. Okay. Okay. Right, 30 seconds going on the clock and your time starts now. Who scored the winner for Ross County against St Mirren on Tuesday? Pass. Will Fish is on loan at Hibs from which English Premier League club? Liverpool. Which Scottish top flight team has Steve Clark previously played for? Uh, pass. What shirt number does Danilo wear for Rangers? 99. Name any Scotland international that plays for Sheffield United. Pass. What pot are Scotland in for the Euro draw tomorrow? Four. Who's bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Mm, Ross County. Okay, let's bring Hugh back. Hugh, can you hear us? I can. I think they're quite tough tonight, you know. Oh, no. Nah. No? 
Alright, okay Never mind then, Jim Duffy <laughs> uh, 30 seconds on the clock, Hugh And your time starts now Who scored the winner for Ross County Against St Mirren on Tuesday? Jordan White Will Fish is on loan to Hibs From which English Premier League club? Man United Which Scottish top flight team Has Steve Clark previously played for? Uh, St Mirren What shot number does Danilo wear for Rangers? Um, 33 Name any Scotland international That plays for Sheffield United Barry Bannon what pot are Scotland in for the Euro draw tomorrow? Three. What, who is bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Uh, Livy. David, what do you think? Uh, I think I've been done well and truly. Oh, <laughs> it's never good. I can't. I can't face a clean sweep for the pundits <laughs> this week. Um, Jordan White is the answer to the winner for Ross County it is 1-0 Hugh Will Fish is from Man United it is 2-0 Hugh I've got I'm, I'm got the fear already Steve Clark St Mirren 3-0 Hugh however there was some life left in David Danilo wears 99 oh you were sorry no you were nowhere near it who am I kidding uh, so 3-1 to Hugh Sheffield United McBurney John McBurney Fleck. or John McBurney. Fleck <sighs> Um, I feel like you That was in the tip of your tongue David That one you Couldn't quite get it out there Scotland are in pot three Hugh Keevans yeah. adds another And Livy Are bottom Oh David honestly he's just, You've just met a man in form Sometimes you've just got to take your hat off I don't I don't like to admit it But It was a tough school tonight Wasn't it? Yeah well I'm an amateur Compared to uh... A professional journalist Well he's been called Many things yeah. before I must admit um, but I'm not, not sure that. that before um, Much improved Biggest compliment though. you've had <laughs> was, it this, was it not this time Last week That you had Overindulged In the red wine On the Thursday And then lost on No the I won Or did I you Yeah You scraped yeah. by Did you um, But there we are David you're a Celtic fan I believe Is that right Yes I am I've been for many years um, I don't know if being Out of the Glasgow madness Does anything different To your your mindset on weeks like this how do you how do you feel about things at the moment um, my opinion of Celtic is I mean I, I said compare this squad to the squad from Seville and there's no comparison how many would get into Martin O'Neill's team and then somebody posted on somewhere that Celtic squad were the fifth highest paid in Europe uh, in, in Britain at the time so I, I don't know the, the money in Scotland is not what it was the money down here is obscene. What what players get paid? I and think to be to be fair, David, you, you recall that you know first of all, and most important of all, Celtic have Henrik Larsson then, who would be some people's idea of the the best player ever to have worn a Celtic shirt. And they also phenomenon, wasn't he? Yeah, and they also you know money was thrown at Martin O'Neill, Chris Sutton, John Hartson. Uh, Neil Lennon Neil Lennon yeah uh, Thompson Alan Thompson uh, I think, you, I think you forget you know, because we all you know, time goes so fast and all that without getting too deep you know you're talking 20, well, you're, years. 20, 20 yeah. years ago yeah. and as, as David said the, the landscape has changed Celtic where they sat in, in British financial terms now you know com- completely different we could probably do a whole, a whole show on that um, David sort of you know Making that comparison in terms of you know where they're at now and, and just just nowhere near it, but I don't know who what what is the right comparison just now? Do you, you look at other teams in Europe that maybe are of a similar budget that, that can cause some upsets in the European stage, and, and why can't Celtic do that? Is that, the, yeah. is that the best way of doing it? I don't think it's you know entirely down to budget, um, but I feel sorry for them in 
in this way they've lost Abada Maeda Hatati yeah. uh, it's, it's a, a horrible chunk out of your team I do think the summertime transfer activity was pretty much a total waste of time uh, there are players at Celtic who I would imagine they'll try and move on in January because they're just never going to make it there there are several from the summer intake who are never going to make it and there has been a shocking waste of money uh, with regard to the central defensive position. Um, so there's an awful lot of work to be done uh, in January for Brendan Rodgers. But, you know, in, in overall terms, the club in general, the last 29 Champions League group stage matches, Celtic have won two of them. That's appalling. Mm. How do you... How do you manage to... I think we're always looking for this, like, you know, one reason or, or you know, we're looking to kind of sum it up and say, it's all because of of this. But it's, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because as you yeah. say, you, you go to the other night and you say, well, do you know what? There's a lot of injuries yeah. and played fine and then just kind of, you know, lost at the yeah. end. And this, this group, they've clearly not been not far off it. You're not watching games where you think this lot are an embarrassment. They're, they're nowhere near this level when you watch the match but then as you say you, you zoom out you take that entire record into account and the club clearly is found wanting at Champions League level oh yeah badly so, but do you see what I mean like it, you know Ange Postacoglu for example the, the fans idolised Ange Postacoglu but he was hopeless in the Champions League as well uh, so but this is the thing you know you know you get one crack at it if you're Ange Postacoglu you play Real Madrid and you're right you know I'm not I'm not going to argue too much about the word hopeless because they did finish bottom of the group, but yeah. it feels like on a night-to-night basis in the Champions League, they're always kind of there or thereabouts. But you know what is it? Fifteen games without a win. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when you when you play the top top clubs, I've mm-hmm. said it many times. Lazio aren't one though. That's the problem this week. Isn't but it? in in European. Um, in European level, they don't have the same intimidation that domestic clubs yeah. would have. Maybe of Celtic either home or away they believe that they're better than any Scottish team including the Scottish champions and therefore there's no, there's no fear factor there I, I just think there has to be a, a mindset change you know we've heard the, the the same comments made from various managers saying oh it's all about learning it's all about development it's all about you know this is the way we play because this is the way that will take us forward but then there's new there's maybe half a half a team changes all the time sometimes the managers change mm. I think there there just has to be a little change of the the, the mindset uh, when it goes into these games. Um, I do that, think that, lack, that takes a different type of player than perhaps the the current crop of players yeah, that they have. I, I do think they lack quality, and I know it's the word that Brendan yeah. Rodgers keeps repeating over and over. So, would you want to hear it in why terms not? of what, what he said today? Um, because it did come up again. He was obviously just on you know kind of standard pre-match media duties ahead of the weekend. But naturally that came up. And by the way, thanks to David. I, don't, I won't keep you hanging on for too much longer, David. It was a pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good man. That was David on the Thank line. Uh, Brendan Rogers, club are working hard to add top level players to the squad after another Champions League exit. The squad will, will come down in numbers and obviously we need to add the quality. Like I say, there's there's no dressing it up the, for the group. Lost real quality players in, in the summer. So that's something over the, the coming windows that we... Uh, We'll look to improve them. I felt when I came in here in the summer that uh, with the squad that was already in place from last season that we probably needed four players, quality two players to add to the squad to, to continue to improve and, and grow. You need to also have players uh, that are established. So I think the next step is the is the European side and that's, that's why I came back, to hopefully be able to fulfil that in my time here. 
Um, right, so in the summary, thought four players, four were quality in. players. Yeah. Does that mean he, did, he didn't get them? And you know, is well, he, that would be my interpretation yeah. well, of the reference. Definitely didn't mm. because you see, they're also players who are like ready to play. You yeah. know, that, you know, you know, so. Uh, and not maybe young uh, potential players. Mm -hmm. he, need, he needs them ready to step in yeah. and be first team players, not projects and development over a period of time. He needs to have them ready to go yeah. from now. They also said the club lost quality players in the summer. Yeah, they did. Jota and Jota. Starfelt. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, in theory, though, Starfelt was not probably on Jota's level and, and no. again in theory was replaced in one way or another whether it's the two that we yeah. don't see or the fact that Liam Scales has you know, is, yeah. the, is the squad that different in terms of you know when you talk about we lost quality no. players in the summer yeah. that sounds like three, I, four, yeah, five, I six I think his problem now and again I cut them slack because of Abada, Maeda, Hatati they're out because of injury his problem is that when he's looking for an option during a game mm -hmm. He's ended up with Mikey Johnson with the greatest respect. You know, Mikey Johnson is 24 years old now, was more or less rejected by Celtic before, and it's not his fault he's getting called off the bench, but it's because Brendan Rodgers looks at the bench and who can he trust? The, the, the quality and depth is not there and the, the, there's more mediocrity than there is quality and the summertime intake of players was simply not good enough to help the manager out. I'll be surprised though if he can do a lot of business in January of the type of player he wants because they mm -hmm. very rarely, you know, appear in January. I think it'll be next summer before he gets those four players. He might get one possibly mm -hmm. in January, but I would be amazed if the, the type of players that Brendan Rodgers wants to, to improve his squad to the to level he's talking about would be available in January. Do you think the ease at which Ange Postacoglu blew away some of the kind of football cliches is, is going to hang over the place? Because we always hear about taking time to get your style across didn't for Ange Postacoglu. Oh, well, it did a wee bit. What, it did a wee bit what, of weeks? No, well, the <laughs> like, first couple of months it did. Know, well, he, that's, that's not bad though. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is he, he didn't even he's walk in the door initially. Anyway, the, more the more relevant one is, because I think every manager says January's difficult, mm. so it must be. I'm not saying it's not. Mm. Matt O'Reilly and Rio Hitati were signed in January. Yeah. You know, so I guess in, in that regard it can, it can be done. I always think managers say that as a kind of default position in case I don't get good players I'll then repeat this that January's a difficult mm. month but it must be though Jim it must be well it, it is more you know because the planning comes from you know months in advance you know they, they don't just turn up on the 31st of December and say right let's go and look for players this is all done months in advance um, with the various recruitment departments that the, the, the clubs have and, and a club like Celtic would have they'd be looking at players way in advance to see who becomes available and again contractually financially there's a multitude of things that uh, options for other players a lot of players want to sit and see what their options are like in the summer if their contracts are running out all these sort of things we've seen it with David Turnbull on the other side of it if you want to say that so uh, th there are so many um, you know d discrepancies that can, that can pop up for a player in terms of his choices and the options they have and I think you're right O'Reilly, Hatati. But but it's not a, it's not as common, um, yeah. um, Gordon. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's uh, normally it takes it takes a, a fair bit of planning mm. to get these players in. 
I will just be surprised if, if Brendan can manage to get four players in a as I said, if he gets one that can actually be a nailed on first team player, yeah. I actually think that'll be a, a relatively successful uh, transfer window. I actually think I think part of the problem with the discourse here is that the, the label that we and everyone's doing it projects yeah. or quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're either one or the other. Except mm-hmm. when Hatati and O'Reilly arrived, would they mm-hmm. not have been projects? When Jota arrived, would he not have been a project? But now mm. he's left, and he's the quality player mm. that's left. So, mm. but I think I feel can... I feel like that the labelling's causing us a few contradictions yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, presumably Kyogo was a project uh, when he arrived. I mean, he's a bit older, I suppose, but you know. But the the again, we go back to this: uh, the options available to Brendan Rodgers. You know, he, he now has nothing to concentrate on other than domestic matters. Europe's over and done with. Mm. Um, Paolo Bernardo, nah. Um, you know, Quan never seen. Laga Bielka, what's to happen with him? Navrotsky, what's to happen with him? Nat Phillips, he'll go in January. You know, and on and on and on it goes. And Brendan Rodgers does not have quality backup. Let's ask Eddie in Cote Bridge. Eddie, all this talk about adding quality, what do you think? Well, they've got to do it. How are you doing, guys? Good, good thank you. Good. Are you, are you well? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine, son. Thanks very much. It's just, a, I've got just a point for Hugh in jam, if that's okay, Gordon. Go on then. Hugh, I don't even remember, I spoke to you maybe about four or five seasons ago about this VAR. Uh-huh. And uh, I said to you, the only way to do it is to give the referees a, a helping hand was to uh, have re- maybe four or five referees watching monitors up in the room. And if, they were, if the referee wasn't sure, go to the monitor and then just... But they've wasted it now. They've wasted it all. It's going to get a stage now that the players have got to wear slippers. <laughs> I thought. I thought we were. Um, I thought that was. It was going to be about Celtic's transfer, yeah. but which is fine. You know, I mean, you can call about whatever you like. You just. Um, I mean, VAR. You know, Eddie obviously dislikes it, and uh, plenty of people dislike it. And the Celtic manager himself is on record as saying he would bin it now. Um, but it's here, and it's here to stay, and we'll have to live with it in all its vagaries. The, I'm sure we'll argue about it again yeah, of soon. Course, yeah. Yeah. But I just wonder where the game is headed, you know, with, with talk of sin bins and all this. But you're, you're, you're going to turn the game into the NFL. It will take us four hours to play a match. And I agree with uh, Philippe Clement when he said that sin bins would be. To his way of thinking, mm. a circus. Well, if you've any thoughts on that, you can get them in. I didn't realise we were so close to the break on 01419511025. Eddie's in the hat, though, for the tickets to Hamden uh, on Tuesday. And in the meantime, let me tell you all about this. Oh, I hate it when this happens. We had no winner on today's call because the person picked up the phone and said, Hello. Perfectly standard procedure in other walks of life But not on Make Me A Winner The difference between hello and Make Me A Winner Is literally hundreds of thousands of pounds You just answer the phone for the rest of your life With Make Me A Winner just to be sure Um, But let's forget about today Uh, We move on as the footballers say these days We could be making you the winner of £180,000 You need to be in the draw though It goes without saying Text yes to 61025 Y-E-S I've been really patronising now to make sure you get it to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com for £2 or call 0330 880 
4523 and all the calls are charged at a standard rate it's over 18s only and if you've entered since Caroline won on Thursday fear not your entry is still in the draw you don't need to re-enter but to everyone else get involved all the rules for this network competition are online and if you get the call after 3pm on Monday the 4th answer within 5 rings say make me a winner straight away and if you do that you would be £180,000 richer and the money goes into your bank account the very same day so get yourself in the draw and text yes to 61025 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Duffy and Hugh Keevans are here It's so one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need Whether it is Rangers last night Whether it is Celtic and Brendan Rodgers Talking about recruitment and adding quality Maybe Aberdeen fans out there Who want to talk about the tractors Cleaning the pit They were really efficient you have to say How oh, good yeah. were they? Yeah they were great But uh, also what the goal mm. Angus McDonald oh, There's a wonderful. great name into it I love that Saint Scottish Andrew's name Day. Uh, But uh, what a what a hit that was yeah, you want to look back on that, you can do. Look ahead to this weekend. Um, it is pretty cold in here, which tells you that outside is probably freezing. I'm a bit worried for Hugh Evans actually. I think it's about minus four in here. Um, so already we're seeing pitch inspections uh, at Livy tomorrow, most of the championship games off as well. Uh, so it remains to be seen what happens there. If you want to look ahead to the weekend, you can do. Hugh and the previous caller between them mentioned sin bins before the break. If you want to discuss that, you can as well. Let me give you this question first, though. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Good question. This Dundee supporter Lee Maloney has sent it in. I like it because this must be right up Jim Duffy's street, this question. Um, and ably assisted by Hugh Evans. Who were the last five players to leave Dundee and sign for either Celtic or Rangers? Now, what we mean by that is the last five to go from Dundee to Rangers and the last five to go from Dundee to Celtic. Okay? Since the time frame goes way back, actually. Morton Vekhurst. Oh, it's not where I thought you would start. Very good. Look at this guy showing off his Dundee knowledge. Rab Douglas. Yep. Claudia Kinesia. Yep. Yep. Is it straight to or in between uh, other no, clubs? So, for instance, Neil McCann went, but he went via no. heart, so it's not, it's not that. Nope, nope, nope. Right, okay. Um, so, where have we got? We've got... Um, V-course, Douglas, Canesia. Um, I think... Did you sell any to Rangers when you were at Dundee? Uh, Gavin Ray. Well, we'll, we'll put him in then. Zurab Kishnish, really. That seems like a good plan. Right, we'll leave it there because that's five already <laughs> of the ten. So maybe you can tweet us, show us how good your knowledge is. Who are the last five players to go from Dundee to Celtic and the last five to go Dundee to Rangers? Gavin Ray, Zurab Kishnashvili and Claudio Kanija from Rangers, Rab Douglas and Morton Vikorst um, from Dundee to Celtic. We'll get back to that. Thanks again to the good folks at Sliding Wardrobe Solutions, East Bride, for helping us out on the teaser as well. Declan is a Celtic fan. How are you, Declan? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? Not bad, what are you thinking tonight? I just wanted to make a point on Rangers fans actually okay. I think the reality is if Rangers fans they go into every single season with their expectations just a bit too high and now if you look over the last probably 15 years now they've actually not won many trophies yet every single season 
they go into it expecting that Rangers should be challenging. And I think that's where their downfall comes. You know, they always end up being disappointed with their team because every year they go in with the expectations too high. And I actually almost compare them to the Man United fans down in England, where they seem to do the same. They're not the same club they were, you know, 15 years ago. This they is don't a, have that anymore. Declan, this is an elaborate wind-up of the Rangers supporters. Uh, you know, Rangers haven't been in the top flight for uh, five of those years. Therefore, expectations were severely hampered then. Uh, and, you know, fans are entitled to go into the season expecting, or not expecting, but hoping for uh, better than the season before. But, you know, Celtic have been financially much better off than Rangers for a long time now and have dominated the game. They are going, they hope, for their 12th title out of the last 13 that speaks volumes about their dominance. Um, but, I, forgive me, but this is an elaborate wind-up of Rangers fans and you have to be careful because, you know, Rangers are on the 90 minutes away from winning the first trophy of the season, a trophy that uh, Celtic couldn't get because Kilmarnock knocked them out. Uh, the league race uh, got a, a bit to go yet. The Scottish Cup is still to come. So I, I do understand the rules of the bragging rights game, but your call is an elaborate wind-up. But then I think you could say the same about Celtic in Europe as well, because I think every single season that Celtic fans also went to Europe expecting far too much when what actually is possible. So I think, I, I think I'm not trying to wind anyone, anyone up at all. I think it's just the reality of it. And if they went in with the expectations a bit lower, then they wouldn't be so disappointed Do you think that is true though Declan? So you're a Celtic fan We're not doing the bragging rights thing When you say Celtic fans are expecting too much in Europe Is it too much to expect that you at least Just finish third in a Champions League group Or even look like you could finish third If we were saying Celtic fans phoning in every season And saying Think we can get to the latter stages of the Champions League Or progress Then you would be right You could phone up and say The expectations are too high Do you think the expectations really are too high If we're talking about Just trying to make a fist of finishing third? So yeah, definitely Because even if you look at just the, the difference In the Europa League wages That some of these teams that make it out to the group stages And make it further on You know, they are Far superior in terms of what money they bring into their club every single year and what Celtic do now. I know you can say Celtic done it, uh, sorry, Rangers done it a couple of years back, but that's really not going to happen too often, is it? Not them all, though. You know, you look at, we said it before, and I know I, I can be selective with this, but teams like Copenhagen this season, there are loads of teams that have at least similar budget to Celtic, at least in the same stratosphere, that, that make, a, make a go of it. Yeah, there definitely is, but I think when you're, when you don't spend the money in the right people, then you're never going to progress. So that's what happens. Celtic, Celtic, money. <laughs> Celtic haven't won a Champions League match at Celtic Park for ten years. Ten yeah. years, but that doesn't stop people buying mm. their Champions League packages. And every time Celtic play in the Champions League at Celtic Park, it's a full house. So to address your original point. Yeah, the Celtic fans believe at the start of every season no, that this will be saying. the one. No, but that's that he's saying he thinks the Celtic fans have 
expectations for, that are too well, high. Yeah, but the Celtic are playing in, would you want them to play in the elite competition or would you not want them to play in the elite competition? This is football's elite competition and therefore you've got to get in there with some degree of expectation. You kind of get in there thinking, oh, we're, we're going mm. to get in here and we're going to get, well, yeah. you, you know, we're going to get turned over in every game. So where do you balance the expectation? And I just think it's a almost an... I'm not saying it's an impossible thing for a club at Celtic um, to be, but I think when you get into these competitions, Celtic fans, historically, traditionally, call it what you like, expect mm. their team to compete. And that's the thing that's been, you know, that, that's probably been the biggest disappointment is that is the, 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 they've competed to a certain level, but there's been moments and periods in game where they've just completely, um, you know, lost the game in terms of the games get away from what is an appropriate level of expectation then for your fellow Celtic fans in Europe Declan very hard to answer actually because mm. I think it's only get, going to get worse actually over the next 5-10 years and the financial guilt will just get astronomical where we can't compete at all just feel like that it's, it can't always be that you know yeah. De Declan's largely right but we, we used the Copenhagen example mm -hmm. the others and whilst whilst Lazio obviously do have more money than Celtic mm -hmm. th this isn't one of those weeks where you watch and go oh, look at the golf look at, look yeah, at the money yeah, we can't yeah. compete well you could have if you had just screwed it up a bit over yeah. the two the two yeah, games that's what I'm saying I think there's been what periods in the difference? games no, I know and, that. And they, who I, they brung off the bench? No, they brung Immobile off the bench. That's I, the difference. I get that, yeah. but listen, foot, a big part of football is played in the balance sheet. I get that, but what about that bit with your eyes where you just watch them and you think, do you know what? With a little tweak here or there, Celtic yeah. could have competed. Yes, yeah, I'm saying. I think that most of the game they have competed. I sorry, could have won most them, of them. But but there's been just little periods, and you, you know, Declan was right in one aspect. If you get something like Mobley and and you know he's got two hundred odd goals, whatever it happens to be, so you're bringing up a, a, a proven goal scorer at a top level on on the pitch. Celtic, if they find a proven goal scorer at a, cer at a certain level, can score mm. those type of goals in the Champions League. There's every chance that they'll be away within a year because you know whether it's a Adam yeah. Bailey or whatever it happens to be, they want to move on or somebody else will come and take them. So that's difficult. But I, I don't think they're miles away in, in terms of the, the gulf. I do think, as I said, there has to be a, a change in, in, in approach sometimes towards the games. Um, Celtic but, started in yeah. the Stadio Olimpico with Paolo Bernardo. He's a loan -y. He's here on loan. You know, it has to be better than that. And then, as I say, as the match progresses, Mikey Johnson comes on. Thereby demonstrating that you simply do not have strength and depth. And I've, for the last time, I'll say I understand Abada, Maeda, Hatati. That's a horrible loss to Celtic. But the squad is nowhere near yeah. that standard. But again, though, that this is the whole point here is about expectations. Mm -hmm. And Declan saying that expectations are too high. See if we're saying that Celtic can't at least compete for third place yeah. in the group, then you would be as well pulling the yeah, plug. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. I mean, you, listen, you, you set your expectations, perhaps. After the draws made, so yeah, once once exactly. you realise the league, the, the section you're in, you think, okay, where can we be? Worst case scenario, Celtic be saying, like, we want to be in Europe after Christmas. So that's the biggest disappointment because I don't think that's, you know, beyond their expectation level. That should be the minimum mm -hmm. expectation that, level. So, look again, go th go through all the groups. There are some absolute heavyweights mm -hmm. in there with bank balances mm -hmm. to dream of. Uh, Braga are sitting in third. Mm -hmm. They'll drop into the Europa mm -hmm. League. You're not telling me they're in a different stratosphere no. from Celtic. No. Lons, not, as yeah. much as they got hammered the other night, mm -hmm. they're sitting in third. They've got five points. Mm -hmm. You know they'll, yeah. they'll possibly drop into the Europa League. 
Newcastle's group's a, a joke, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, young boys again sitting in third in their group um, on four. I, I do appreciate this is all the luck of the draw, and you could say that you know there, you know Celtic had maybe a bit of a tough draw in terms of the other perceived weakest team in the group would be like you know Feyenoord or Lazio, mm-hmm. and, and they are decent, but. God, that we truly need to move away from this notion that it just can't. can't I, I, be done. I don't third think Celtic should be saying they can't place. compete with Feyenoord in these days. Again, historically, the Dutch, I mean, the, the, the Ajax team, until they sold a lot of their players, you know, had you know for two or three three years, and then they sell their players. But Feyenoord are not an exceptional team. They're not, in, in my opinion, they shouldn't be anywhere. If they're a, a fraction better than Celtic, it's a fraction. And on their day, Celtic every bit as much a chance of finishing above them in this particular section uh, uh, of, of, of of teams. So I don't think that's beyond the expectation. And I don't think it's an unrealistic mm. expectation they're, to expect that. They're a mystery. As I say, 10 years since they won mm. a Champions League game at home. Yeah. They get 60,000 people for every game. I mean, ten years. There's not been in the group stage for all of those ten seasons. No. Though I know it sounds but, good and it sounds dramatic, but you know that, that I think that needs to be taken into account just even a tiny bit. Well, I, I go back to if I isolate the current squad, the the quality is not there, uh, even for mm. third place. Yeah, but yeah, fair enough. Declan, thank you very much. Uh, on the line, we are ten minutes into the game between Scotland women. And Belgium, it's the away leg, of course. I say leg, it's the, the, the Nations League. The home one finished one all. It's Scotland's only point so far. And the small matter of England at Hamden on Tuesday. Well, you could be there. And all you need to do is give us a call. That is it. Pick up the phone, make a point to the panel, and you get into the hat for one of two pairs uh, of tickets to that one. Uh, on the teaser tonight, who were the last five players to go from Dundee to Rangers? And the last five to go from Dundee to Celtic. You've got Rab Douglas, Morton Vikost, Gavin Ray, Zurab Kishnashvili, Claudio Kanija. Give me one more each. Jack Henry. Yes. John Brown. No. Nacho Novo. Yes. Nacho. Okay, we'll, we'll get the remaining one. three next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans are about to be joined on the line by Sharon. Let me very quickly just recap the teaser for you. The last five players to leave Dundee for Celtic and the last five to do the same but go to Rangers. So you've got on the Celtic side, Jack Hendry, Rab Douglas, Morton Vikorst. On the Rangers side, Nacho Novo, Gavin Ray. Zurab Kishnashvili and Claudio Kanija. Yeah, and uh, goalkeeper Scott Bain. Scott Bain, Matthew tweeted in. He got that one right. Well done, Matthew and Jim. Okay, so it's one of each team to go. And we'll try and get it before the end. Let's bring in Sharon. How are you tonight, Sharon? Yeah, thanks very much for taking my, uh, my call, panel. Um, yeah, I'm great. How are you? All good. good All good in here. Certainly no grumbles from us. What are you thinking um, after last night then? Yeah, um, actually, I've actually tried to um, uh, call in last night. Uh, it was my partner's birthday on St Andrew's Day, and I think the pipes uh, music uh, it should just go on. Do you like that? <laughs> that production value that was added last night. Maybe yeah. bagpipes, like super scoreboard theme tune. Uh, yes, yeah. Try and make it stick. Keep it going all the way through. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, what I, I actually uh, come on last night um, and uh, I, I was back in Lammers. I thought, yeah, good, uh, come on. Yeah, give them, give them a go, show the fans, whatever. But yeah, it was a deflated balloon. Um, but I think um, the Todd uh, Catwell, when he was uh, substituted, um, I think I was a bit disappointed. But I think obviously as soon as I seen him, I was like, yeah, he's 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 not playing in uh, position. And don't get me wrong, uh, McCausland came on, he scored a, a great goal. Mm-hmm. But I do think at the end of the day, it's all about the team. It's not it's not about bloody Cantwell. No, it's not. It's it's a team effort. And when you think about it, when I when I was listening to the the guy before mm-hmm. um, on the call. Uh, about the Europe, we've always done well in Europe, but why is that? Why we? Why do we do well in Europe, but not in the league? I don't understand it. Yeah, there certainly was a time when we, you well always said that. How many big results did they dig out, and oh. not you know against big teams as well, teams that you know are in the Champions League currently and so on. Um, and there was that kind of mystery for a while. I think well, that's what will annoy the Rangers fans oh. now. This week we're talking about you know failure to beat Aris Limassol at home. Uh-huh. Yeah, those nights against Leipzig and Dortmund etc feel like a while ago I don't cut the players any slack uh, over the two games against Limassol it doesn't matter to me that Michael Beale had just been binned by Rangers and that they, they went under Steve Davis's control to Cyprus it was a disgrace that Rangers lost there and it's a disgrace that they couldn't beat them at mm. Ibrox last night as well uh, so they've, they've, they've cost themselves uh, automatic qualification because they've dropped four points to a part-time team from Cyprus. So, yeah. just not good enough. Sharon says, you know, it's not about the team. Mm. It is about the it's team, sorry. Team, yeah. It's not about Todd Cantwell. When you when you do that, and it is that big, it's the statement, isn't it? And it's yeah. the walk-off. And the players always walk with purpose to let everybody know that they're not injured. Yeah. Don't dare limp, because mm. I'm not having anyone think I'm injured. I want everyone to know that I was brought off here. Um, does that Is that relationship bound to be... A bit touchy at the moment. Um, can, yeah. can you can you lose a player by doing those well, things? Yeah, of course, you can lose a player. It depends on the the relationship between the the, the player and the manager. But Sean's right. I mean, the team is the most important thing. If the manager believes that it's the right thing to do to change a player because it will benefit the team and get a result, then that's his job. That that's what he is paid to do. Make the big calls. I've seen it time and time again. I've been involved with myself and players come off and they, you know, they kick the bench or they throw things about and they get, you know, they, they take a bit of a tantrum. That mm-hmm. you can either say, well, you should be disappointed to be getting substituted, or it's a bit petulant. It just depends on mm-hmm. where you want to go. I think uh, Todd Cantwell's should should show his disappointment, and I think the Rangers fans would expect him to be disappointed. But Sharn's correct in the sense that the manager's made has made the the, the what he believes is the right call for the team. I said earlier on, I think it, it would have been a better wait to half time. Manager might think he couldn't and then maybe do it or make a double substitution because he eventually he brings Lawrence on within, what, 15 mm. minutes, less than 15 minutes of the second half and it would have it would have made the thing less controversial. But, um, as I said, Philip Clement, McCausland come on, scored the goal, so he was uh, ultimately, he was proved mm. right in his decision. So we said to you, we're going to finish the show almost the way we started it. I, I respect the, the view of 
people who would say, well, you know, the manager made the decision. Todd Cantwell's got no choice but to take it in the chin and go on with it, which is obviously true. But you know, if this was to be a if this was to be a continued um, exercise where Sam Lammers, in the eyes of many Rangers fans, is getting these free passes to uh-huh. to perform the way he is, but Todd Cantwell's not and is having to be subbed, you know, in the what was it, thirteen ninth minute, something, yeah. whatever it was, um, is that would would he not have any sort of right at that point to to think what's going on here? Uh, he may feel that the Philippe Clement very early on in his time at Ibrox has had a look at Cantwell and uh, isn't entirely sure. But I, I repeat, there were 55 minutes of football to be played after Lammers went off. Yeah, uh, after yeah, Cantwell went off. And it is a collective failure on the part of the players that they did not beat Aris Limassol uh, in that period of time. I accept it's a great story and we've seen the television pictures of him shaking Clement's hand and then shaking mm. his head in disgust. Because to be fair, it, it wasn't it wasn't a wildly petulant no. reaction from no, Todd no, no, Cantwell. No. But, but I think the whole business now has been uh, over-exaggerated and is deflecting attention away from the fact that Rangers as a collective could not beat this team from Cyprus in their own ground in front of 50,000 fans with all of the incentives that, that were there in front of them. It is a collective failure. And that is just one incident of many on the night that wasn't good enough. Thank you, Sharon, on the line there. It was nice to speak to Sharon on 01419511025. That will be uh, the last call. So we'll do the draw for the Scotland women's tickets in the not-too-distant future. Uh, it, was, it still is. It's goalless out there. In Belgium, or is it? Have we got an update? No, still goalless there. So hopefully, uh, Pedro Martinez Losa's side can come back with something there, go into the game at Hamden uh, with a bit of confidence, a bit of momentum. Uh, right, we need. It remains to be seen what impact the weather will have tomorrow. Um, Livy is subject to pitch inspection early on. Hugh Ross County, uh, Derek McInnes, seven hundredth game in charge. Um, oh, sorry, as a manager yeah. when Hearts come to Kilmarnock what some innings the, that, isn't it? What an interesting managerial career it has been as well you know, he's done his time at uh, St Johnson he's gone down south uh, I know that he, he didn't feel like all the chances he might have done down south it still rankles with him uh, might have been Rangers manager at one point turned the job down former Rangers player that he was uh, seven years at Pataudry uh, one trophy in that time uh, he's a safe pair of hands Derek and he's a good bloke and he is going to look after Kilmarnock it was a, a good move by Billy Bowie the owner to get him in there any idea if your Wikipedia is accurate? no I've not got a clue do you honestly think I look at my Wikipedia <laughs> Listen, Gordon no because not a chance if it is and I know you've kind of said maybe management, that's that's maybe it, done. Mm. If, if it's accurate, we, we need to get you an interim spell somewhere. <laughs> According to your Wikipedia, you're on 892. 19, oh, okay. So yeah. give a wee spell, surely. It must be a call. Take, yeah. take him for eight games, <laughs> give, us, give us something to talk about. Listen, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a tough gig management, in particular nowadays. Uh, I think that somebody like Derek... Uh, has been a, an outstanding manager uh, in terms of how he's um, you know structured clubs and organised them, and I think pretty much most of the clubs, if not all of the clubs, have been better clubs um, with him on board. And in terms of the, the the overall infrastructure of the football clubs, 
Um, and the players have always enjoyed, you speak to any players, work with Derek McInnes, and they'll, they'll always speak very highly. And that, that to me is always a testament to, to a manager. You know, when you speak to players, players will speak to the press, they'll say what they expect you, them to say. When you speak to them away from, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the 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 media side of it, Gordon, they'll tell you honestly. And Derek has got a great reputation with players and I think that's a fantastic tribute to, to him. And congratulations. And do you say 700 games? Yeah. A magnificent achievement. Um, Motherwell, Dundee, Hugh, you sometimes see this. You go to Celtic Park and get a point. It, it's brilliant. It really is. Yeah. It takes some effort. But is that a flash in the pan? Can you do it in a more so-called winnable game? Because, you know, Motherwell's winless run is still there. What does last week do? Is it a platform or is it not? It, it, it ought to be. Uh, they did very well last week at Celtic Park when you're uh, you know, Celtic get their second penalty and finally go in front. You think, well, that's it. But Motherwell had the resilience, character, call it what you like, came back, got the draw. The other side of that coin, they haven't won mm. any of the last 10 games. And tomorrow, uh, they really have to take heart and character from that performance against Celtic right so let's finish off the teaser we're looking for one of the last five players to go from Dundee to Rangers and one for Celtic Matthew has themed in as well with another one he says are we going as far back as and he's named the guy who played for Dundee obviously and Motherwell we were just talking about the fixture tomorrow which player would link Motherwell, Dundee and Celtic from the late 80s, early 90s? Oh, early 90s. Oh. What, did, what did you just say to me again for Motherwell on the other side of the... To Tommy Coyne. Tommy, Tommy Coyne. There we go. Tom, I should know. I played with Tom. And the Rangers won. It's Perfect actually... Player. It's the most recent example on this list, I think. We banged on about his transfer fee over and over and over on this show. Kamara. Glenn Kamara there we go thank you Hugh Keevans Jim Duffy we are back tomorrow I've no idea how much football we'll be able to bring you but what we will do is build up to the Euro 2024 draw a draw for a major tournament in Scotland are in it how good does that sound make sure you join us tomorrow it's going to be freezing don't, and don't bother with Christmas shopping get the feet up listen to us uh, and we'll take you through the lot tomorrow in the meantime stay right there GBX is up next